I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch. Alright folks, welcome back for another episode of Ginger and Dutch here. Uh, we're kicking this episode off with tons of fiery topics and uh, we're going to get into it tonight uh, pretty heavy here with uh, a full slate of topics tonight. So a couple of housekeeping items, items, we had our Ginger and Dutch uh, Callaway gift pack contest going on on Facebook and Twitter today. Uh, the contest ended and G- Dutch and I did a live draw um on our instagram and posted the video up on twitter there so congratulations to mr Corey quinlan and mr gavin spence uh for winning that first contest from ginger and dutch and uh we'll have many more to come so congratulations fellas dutch hop on in here you uh you all jacked up for tonight couldn't you not be what are we just finished the last dance i can't wait to talk about it i want more there was controversy just finished reading a big article about Horace Grand ripping uh, Michael about lies. I'm pretty pumped tonight. Uh, I think we can get into it. Let's hope. Uh, let's hope it's going to be a fun one. I'm sure it will be. Awesome. Yeah. Let's hop right into that last dance, uh, Dutch. Um, you know, and that was one of my points. I had three major points coming out of those last uh, last two episodes. Um, obviously, probably one of the most. Uh, successful documentary series, and I don't know the the final numbers. I've seen a few come through, but um, you know, averaging 5.8 million viewers, absolutely incredible, um, and released at the perfect time. But um, yeah, as you start to you know, you hear some of the stories, and you could get a little bit of a feel for it. Um, even watching it, there's three sides to every story, right, Dutchie? It's it's uh, you know, your side, my side, and the truth somewhere in between that. And and I think uh, that was one of my points with Horace Grant is you know what. How much? How much did we get there? Was true? How much was it? Um, you know, a little bit spun to be uh, in MJ's way, right? But what does it sum up? You know, like if if I was to, maybe it's let's talk podcast or sorry, let's talk um, the actual documentary itself. Yes, w- one of the, one of the best sports documentaries that was ever put on. Is it all? Was it all about Michael Jordan? Yeah, a lot of it was, and you see all the different themes and all the different things that he had. It was always. You know, he always got the last word. He always, uh, it was always about self-motivation, the way he had it set up with how he picked on somebody on from another team and he just ripped them and then used that as his self-motivation. But the word to me, just as much as I loved him growing up, it just, it, asshole, <laughs> plain and simple. He he was just a, a, a sheer asshole to everybody and, you can start to see it. And I think there's going to be more people will come out uh, with just the way he, he, he acted through his entire, he doesn't have a lot of friends. You can kind of, you can kind of see that throughout the, all the episodes. I I do want to watch more. I wish there was another 10 episodes. Maybe that's just me, but it was pretty cool just to see how the, the whole thing finalized. I really like how they kept going back. They started back with, you know, early and then they kept flipping. I know some of the viewers didn't like it. They thought it was kind of all over the place, but, I really enjoyed the the way they uh, the way they mixed it. Yeah, and and that's the thing that uh, you don't see from many athletes, um, especially at that level. You you look at Tiger Woods, you look at Tom Brady, you look at some of these guys later on in their career, and the PR control comes out, and they try to 
spin their image and their brand in a little bit of a nicer way when maybe a little early on in their career, they were that asshole. They were that prick that that all they cared about was get me my championships now when I'm still young and I'll worry about my image later on. Um, Michael, just right from start to finish, it's about one thing and one thing only. I'm going to leave a legacy here and it's going to be hopefully the greatest of all time. Uh, we've had that argument, obviously, in previous podcasts, but um, and that's what it was all about. Plain and well, simple. Yeah. yeah, he just cared about him. He, I mean, I, it's hard to say he just cared about himself, but you could see that it was really <laughs> all about himself. And I don't know. Uh, I want to just talk kind of about just some teams. That, you know, the, the the thing that hit me on the on on the last one was forgetting how how good the '98 Pacers were. And you know, Jordan's Jordan and the Bulls once they proved that they could win forget the the year and a half off blah blah they could have won eight in a row and and i'd say that 98 pacers team they were one of the few teams that took them to seven games and i think they were probably the hardest team for the bulls to to beat tough as opponents yeah obviously we had reggie miller you'd had jackson you had my buddy the dutchman um chris mullen you had tons of guys i think jalen rose yeah i remember he was on there and yep though uh, Reggie had so much swagger you saw in there they used to fight Jordan all the time but what was kind of cool in that at the very end was and Jordan did even with Bird at, at the end as well was he kind of waited after the games and and you know there was a, there was the one part where where him and Reggie connected which was which was kind of cool because that showed the maybe the, the 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 lighter side of Jordan that he wasn't maybe it was just kind of the 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 show and the image of, of was he an asshole or was he just that's just how he had to play in order to get himself uh, jacked up. So I thought that was uh, really cool to see and for watching those Pacers take them right to the brink. There it was pretty cool. I think that was probably top five top five playoff series is maybe not championship but top five playoff series is. Um, of all time yeah and, and here's my here's my hot take uh of the night i know uh, some of our listeners have been have been looking for a little hot take here and and i'm gonna fire one right off the hop here i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that i think reggie miller is possibly a top five clutch nba player of all time you you want you want a jump shot you want a three-point shot you want a shot to win the game you heard mark jackson say it and i'm sure his teammates would have said the same thing put the ball in reggie miller's hands because that guy was a stone-cold killer. He was clutch, um, unorthodox style, unorthodox fundamentals. But there was nothing but net all day, every day, all night long. And everybody in the NBA knew that. So that's kind of uh, Ginger's hot take from there. How many I championships? I know. I know. I know you, I know you're going to say. But, but in your, in, in two episodes ago, you, you told me Jordan's the best of all time. And who did Reggie have to play the majority of his career against? You know, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't disagree with you. I'm just saying how many championships. You, yeah, you're darn right. Listen, all those, all those Knicks series, all those Knicks series where he's going on the, he's going by the sidelines and ripping Spike Lee. Yes, he was clutch, clutch, clutch. But you know, you have to beat the man to be the man, and you got, you know what? <laughs> he just never Woo! gets those. Right. That's right. That's right. And I, I'm, I'll throw a couple more kind of points in there um, from from what I saw and to carry on to what what you were saying. Uh, number one. What I saw was um, the as much as Reggie talks a big game and as much as those guys, you know, we went head to head with them and we went seven games was the fear of he's not 
done until there's 0.00 seconds on that clock. Larry Bird's a top top five, top seven NBA player of all time. You can line all of them up. You can line Wilt, Pistol Pete, whoever you want to line up. But Larry Bird's in on that list. And Reggie hits the shot to go up. I believe it was in game four. And what to a T, what did every single Indiana Pacer say? Too much and, time and left. Too much time left. He's going to think in a double clutch and it was inches away. So just the fear from from you know 91 92 93 the whole way through i don't need to name all the years of of you know how scared they were that you know oh i think we got him i think we got him and no you don't got him you don't got him it's not done yet right yep and the way the and the way the whole thing finished when you watched it when you watched that last championship and you kind of knew it was all over i thought i thought the the, the, their last party in Chicago, you could see there was more people than any of the other parades. I yep. loved, I loved Steve Kerr's speech about, you know, uh, they needed me for the last shot. And of course, Jordan had to pass it up. It was pretty funny just to hear him say that. I thought that was good. But what pissed me off was, is, was the fact that, and, and maybe, okay, they left on top, but one of the very last things that Jordan says in, in the documentary was, he, and I don't know if the rest of the team, but he felt slighted that why couldn't we have just went one more year? Give us one more try. We're on the top of the world right now. Could we have not got all these guys? He said, and he said, the only guy that might have bailed would have been Pippen. And you know what? That, that, that would have been a key factor. I know we've argued about that, but give them all a one-year contract just to, and to go for one more crack at it. But, you know, Krauss is an asshole uh, and he, he, he didn't want that. You know, Reinsdorf said that they were they were going to flip it out and they were going to do a full rebuild. And they didn't get that opportunity to do that. And that's, I guess it was a great way to end the documentary, but it, it kind of was like, man, oh, wouldn't have been nice just to see them go one more. Yeah, and, and I kind of got the feeling, I don't know about yourself, but I kind of got the feeling that, that Phil Jackson had kind of mailed it in a little bit on that too. I don't think he was going to put up a fight. I think he had succumbed to the fact that, you know, this is it. And, you know, that's why he named that season the last dance, right? Because I think in his mind, he might have been might have been done too. Um, correct well, me if I'm wrong, but I think Phil took a year or two off in coaching and then came back with the Lakers, correct? Yeah, I think you're right. And the proof was in the pudding to this day. Those guys don't, they don't, they ne- they've never spoken. They don't speak to each other. They, they basically, the hate's a strong word, but. They clearly don't uh, don't talk uh, him and Kraus like zero zero. So there was too much animosity there for it to happen. But it would just would have been cool to see them. And yeah, sure they left on top, but it was uh, it, it, it would have been cool. Yeah, and and I think the you know my Phil Jackson point goes to my final point, and I'll, I'll kind of end it off here unless you want to throw another point on top. But um, just how tiring and how drained I think they all were. Um, you got that feeling from from the last couple episodes that you know it was the last dance. It, it was just taking so much out of them, and you know you you hate to I hate to go back to Tiger Woods and and some of these big athletes, but it happens. Like you just to to sustain that level of excellent excellence for that long, just takes it out of you. It takes so much energy and so much time in in your personal life and and your professional life that it's just really hard to do. And we we don't we aren't blessed to see it that much because it is that damn hard to do. Well said it, that it, that sums it up perfectly. I, I wish there was more. Um, I'm glad it came out when it came out um, all around, probably the best step probably the best documentary of sports that uh, we're probably ever going to see. There'll be more now. There'll be more now, but yep. it was probably the best. 
Awesome. Awesome. So let's segue over into something that we haven't talked a lot about here, Dutch, uh, on our podcast yet. And, and let's get into uh, a little baseball talk there. It sounds like they're, you know, it, it feels like they're right around the corner, but then you hear some of the talks between, uh, you know, some stuff from some, from players and, and from owners and, and teams and, and across the board and, and who knows how close they are here. But I know you wanted to uh, touch on a couple, a uh, couple points from Blake Snell, some of the ownership. So, so hop right into that for us, Dutch. Well, the whole thing's just a joke, honestly. Sorry. I don't want to start with the negative, but the whole thing's a joke that I, I'm starting really, I'm starting to lean with, with all these team sports that maybe it's just time to hit the reset. I know I said it before, but just hit the reset and stop. It, the, the, the latest that came out for, for MLB starting, um, and we're not even going to, we're going to get into the 50-50 ownership split, and we're going to talk about all that and all the both sides, the, how they might even, even if there is a permission to get going, they, they may just pull the shoot and say, forget it, because they don't want to do it. But the, the, the shit that I read today about, you know how they're going to social distance the first this is the first draft social distance no sunflower seeds no chewing tobacco um social distancing in the um, in the dugout uh cold, no cold showers no hot tubs like what, the, what, are, what are we doing here why why are we even why are we even thinking about starting up a sport then yeah but do we do we not want to play sports dutch not under those freaking conditions i'm sorry i got tons of baseball friends and you see it in the minor leagues and you see it in our in our glorified oh well slow pitch and all that stuff i know this is in the major leagues but look what's going going around in sports and it, it, with everything they're, they're starting to do all this stuff and if, if they're gonna if they're gonna play sport with all of these tests and everything why why are they putting all these dumb rules in there okay that's just that, to me this starts right off the bat and blake snell's comments right off the cross no 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 they got to do everything in their power to protect the spread of this virus and that you can't be split spitting f- sunflower seeds in the dugout, Dutch. Come on now. Well, then why are they even? Why then why are they even playing? Then well, why the- are they even playing? Listen, I, I'm going to take both sides of Blake Snell's comments, okay? Because I and I know it was a few days back because there's there's some other stuff that's popped up just recently over the last few call it a few hours, few uh, hours days. But you know his his comments, you can take them both ways. That you know where he where I believe he drew the line is. The one, the the one of his statements was a pay cut isn't worth the risk to play. Correct. That's what that's what he said. You are correct. Give me a friggin' break, okay? I get safety for family and being away from his family, but a pay cut. Listen, you guys are supposed to be all in this together, and I know it's not part of their their bargaining agreement and they're with this fifty fifty profit sharing. But everybody's losing here. So what side are you going to take here? You're going to say, oh, well, the owners should be giving them more and they're the professional athletes and that's not worth him going out and stepping out on the field because because he's a, a, a selfish, rich guy that's making millions of dollars and, oh, well, it's not worth a pay cut? Well, why don't you give all the why don't you give all of your your pay? Forget the owners, then give all your pay to the the all the workers. And I know they've done a little bit, but all the workers, all the trainers, all that stuff, and split it with them instead of being such a, a wuss bag and and not wanting to play because you don't want to take a take a pay cut because you're the Cy Young winner and you're 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 Mister Big Shot. Well, yeah, and I think I think there you, you touched on it a little bit at the end there. I think there's a little bit of animosity there between Snell and 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 the Rays, and you know. They, they already had to renegotiate and I think he went to arbitration with um, with the team in terms of you know getting that salary bumped up but 
but come on here, baseball, you know, they're, they're trying in some aspects and they're, and they're stepping back on other aspects. You're a, you're a professional sports organization. You got to be a leader. So if that means that you're not chewing tobacco, like in 1994 and you're not splitting seeds out, well, that's the way it's got to be. You know, there's, there's a new norm that we already, we've already talked about. We've, uh, we've opened the golf course up this week. Do you think we want to do a lot of the things that we're doing? No, we don't. But we had to do them because we needed to get open. We needed to be a leader in that side. So baseball, get off your ass on this 1974, and it can't be in the rule book. So it's nice to see that they're they're possibly going to change this designated hitter thing. Okay. Isn't, that, isn't that great to see? So you okay. know what? If it's not seeds and it's not tobacco and you can't do this and you can't do that, well, you know what? Until things get back to norm, then that's just fine with me because I want to see some baseball. I want to see, you know, America's old sport like it used to be out there playing in the middle of the summertime, and let's get some baseball played here. No, I think it's ridiculous. I disagree with you on that, and I'm sorry I do because I want to see – and we're, 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 we're sticking with baseball here, but I'm going to just throw in uh, the Premier – you saw it. You saw it today, the Premier uh, League. Yep. Did all their COVID testing, and what happened? Boom. They had positive tests, yes. Six people have positive tests. So, so what I'm trying to get at on the flip back is – if you're going to do all these testing, great. So what are the, what's the premier there? Are they going to just, uh, are they going to continue on? It's this whole thing. If baseball is going to, if baseball is going to go through all the proper tests and everything, then what the hell's the difference if they're chewing tobacco and, and spitting seeds? This isn't, I know we're talking the golf course here, but this isn't anything to do with, this is professional sports where there's millions and millions and millions of dollars that I think is ridiculous as it is. But if they have all that money and they have all the testing, then if it's safe for them to play, give me a break. Oh, it's, you, it's the it's the it's the image. It's the perception of it, Dutch. Sure, it's, that you're out there. You got a you know you got a big dipper, as as the boys would say, in that lower lip, and and there you are, just firing it into a you know um, a bottle or into a Gatorade cup like that. That that's the number one re- reason how this virus is. Spread. I know, I know, and, and I there know, you are, just doing your little your little spit into a cup you cannot have that 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 the perception on that is not very good it's terrible to be honest and that's why and that's why i said i just think that they that it's how do you it's hard it's 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 like telling kids that they can't uh share their buddy's bat at a at a baseball game correct but it's Correct. Right. You better wipe the bat. You better wipe the bat down. And if you don't like it, it's the new norm and you're not going to be playing baseball if that's how set in your ways you are. And that's somewhat what baseball is like. We know that. So then let's not play. Let's not play and let's wait. Let's wait it out. What are they going to do with what are they going to do with these uh, these meatheads that we haven't touched on with with um, the Astros and all their BS with all their uh, their their sign stealing scandals and AJ Hinch and and what about core and all this stuff coming out. So, oh, oh, we're going to start. We're going to have a short and shortened season and, and, and their suspensions are going to be considered good. I mean, I know we're flipping topics here, but we're still on baseball. That, yeah. I, you know, that just doesn't make sense to me. They're, those guys are going to get off. Uh, and we're talking sunflower seeds. We're talking this. But it just doesn't make sense. They're going to get off on, on, a, on a mediocre, half-ass, shortened season. Uh, they're talking about going all the way into November. Um, and, and this is – and now we have to deal with this? Like, to, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, those guys should, should have to be suspended for an, another full season if that's the case. That's the way I look at it. 
Yeah, I think I think I I would agree with you there. I think um, they've got to explore options for a deferred uh, suspension when when things come back. Hopefully next uh, next spring, where they're going to get back to somewhat of a normal season. Um, so there's an option there. Or hey, set set the guideline. You want to send a message to the rest of the teams in baseball because we all know how a lot of the players felt. They were calling each other out. Uh, before all this COVID stuff came down and the Astros and the Red Sox have fallen to the back burner here. And they, like you said, they may just slide right underneath the radar and they may just get away with this just the way they wanted to. Um, But set the precedent, put your foot down. Let's have a new norm in baseball. Let's, let's get the universal designated hitter. Let's shorten the season consistently. And, and I agree with you on the the Blake Snell point about um, the salaries. Like, the Oakland A's, I was reading an article here just before we came on, on air for the podcast tonight, and, and they, they, they flat out just didn't even pay the rent, just like the local businesses down the street that are they're all struggling in, in North America, period, Canada and U.S. alike. Right. Um, they, just, they just flat out didn't pay the rent for the Coliseum. Like, right, right. So, so how can Blake Snell sit there on his high horse and say, you know, that the risk is too – it's back to the point I said to you today is, is that – it becomes a point when you make so much money that you inherit that risk to me. You inherit that risk. When I'm paying you $8 million, that's just the inherited risk of doing the job. So get off your ass, get on the mound, and pitch because I'm paying you to pitch. Right. So the the, the owners have already bent once, right, which we've seen. So I want to talk about that 50-50 uh, uh, sharing there. Fire right the into it, Dutchie. Fire right into well, it. I'm, I'm fired up tonight. Well, it's never been done before, right? So this is this is what they're talking about. So, do you agree that that that's the way it should be for these multi-billion-dollar owners, or you know they have bills to pay and and they have uh, you know rent to pay on their buildings, like you said, they've got all that all of their own expenditures. You know, is is it right for the owners to be able to do that? I know we're not talking football, big, 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 but you know some of these big you know, top end sports, the Dodgers and all these other big name teams. Is it right for them to say we've got to, you know, not only are we doing pay cut, now we want 50-50 revenue split. It's right for the time right now. Is it right on a regular season with a, with 162 games this late in the, in the go around? No. A collective CBA is a collective CBA. You sign off on it. It's a it, the term is there four, five, six, ten years, whatever you, whatever you agree to. But for right now, back to my point. You want baseball? You get your butt in that seat, and just like the kind of the owners came out with, um, you know, using the media this afternoon, late this afternoon, there they gave the players pretty much two options through the media. Either we sit down and we negotiate this out, and you get everything on the table, or you wait until, like you said, you wait until COVID's gone and it's done. And that's, that's, I know they're playing hardball and that's just a, you know, a bargaining tool here. We all know how that, that, that game works, but I think it's right for right now with the teams happening, like we can name them. We don't need to name them for our listeners and especially for our baseball listeners. How many teams in baseball flat out don't make money or are barely keeping their head above water. And now all this goes down short in season might not have fans in the stands. You're damn right. You better get your ass at the bargaining table and figure out a way to uh, to make this work. Okay, so if they go and they and they play and and let's stick with Blake Snell here for a minute, and he says I, I'm I'm just not going to play. What does that do for what does that do for baseball? Because if he didn't open his mouth the wrong way, because a lot of his points, I, I'm I'm going to agree with, but when he uses the word pay cut 
that's where I have a big issue is that this is your time to, to do it. Why didn't you just keep your mouth shut and say, it's not worth the risk for me to play and be away from my family for all this time when we don't know the, and with everything going on, but they're never, they're never going to, they're never going to win that perception wise. And in the media, they they have that right as a player. I'm not, you will never hear me take that away from them Dutch, but they're never going to win that perception in the media because the nurse and this hits home, this hits close to home for you because you have direct family and, and that have, have put their hard earned time, their hard earned health, Yep. at risk in your yep. family and I know that personally for your Dutch they're out they're out there paying a job at 75 eighty thousand dollars which is you know decent money and good money for some but yep. it's not eight million dollars it's not seven hundred and forty seven thousand dollars it's not three million dollars six million dollars you know some of the salaries in baseball and so do our listeners so they're never gonna win that argument in the perception of the media or the public's eyes okay the so does he to get- me is always gonna say, we're paying you $8 million. Just fucking play baseball, please. Yep. And if he doesn't, does he get paid? No, he shouldn't get paid because he's not fulfilling his contract. It's a hard one. It is I a hard wanna, one. And I, it's a great. I want to fire back and say, I think you're wrong, but it, it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. If, 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 they, if they're, if they're doing it because they don't think it's safe, like, ah, uh, I'm so torn. I'm so torn from it. it it's a, we could go on and on about it. It's it's a it's a tough one. I just I, I just think that these 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 three big sports, uh, well four because NFL is soon to be coming around the corner. Yep. Listen, if they don't get spring training started in the next two weeks, or sorry, they don't get this 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 figured out and agreed upon with the fifty fifty sharing, you're talking like. It might not start until end of July, which maybe that's the best thing for it, like you said, because right now, I don't, I just, these, these sports that have physical contact, we're not talking NASCAR and we're not talking the PGA tour, which, which, you know, we'll talk about that, the, the event that happened on Sunday, but these other sports, they're, they're just, they're, they're treading lightly with, with all of the above and it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to see how it how it goes because somebody's gonna get kicked in the face the wrong way. Nope, and I agree. I agree. And you know what? It's a great way to uh, to segue to our first break here, Dutchie. Uh, great way to finish it off there and and you know sum it up for us. So thank you for that. And um, let's go to break for our listeners. Obviously, um, follow us on the Facebook at Ginger and Dutch one and on twitter at ginger and dutch one across the board facebook instagram twitter as well um we got some more upcoming uh, contests and fun giveaways so um pays to listen here on ginger and dutch when we get back um as you can hear my listeners we're fired up so i got a little ginger's garbage i'm ready to throw a few out um and the dutchman is uh, probably going to join me on that side and then we'll get into some sports sports is back baby so um come on back when we get back from break and uh we'll catch you on the flip side Real life passion for real life sports. The Devil's Advocates of Sports Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. 
time to throw out the trash. Welcome to Ginger's Garbage. All right, I'm fired up tonight, and I just had to keep this rant going. So, Dutch, I'm going to start it off here, and, and you know I'm a protector of, uh, of the shield here, but we need, to get, we need to get these boys back in training camp. We need to get them back in, in OTAs. Ed Oliver, Cody Lattimore, and most of all, DeAndre Baker, Quinton Dunbar, what the hell are you guys doing? We got a guy out. DWI with an armed weapon. We got drug charges. Here I am two weeks ago on the podcast from our listeners defending everybody in the NFL saying life isn't that bad. We got armed robbery. Guys on the run at flea across the, across the country turning themselves in. Some would say it's the same old NFL. But what the hell are you guys doing? Time to get control of yourselves and figure out life. Extremely disappointed in what these boys are doing in their spare time. Time to focus, bear down, and get with it. DeAndre Baker, armed robbery. Quinton Dunbar, armed, ro- armed robbery. Ed Oliver, DWI. Cody Lattimore on domestic and abuse assault charges. You're a part of Ginger's Garbage, and I'm throwing out the trash. Well said, Ginger. Well said. I can't keep Oh, every single time there's something going on once a week, once a day. I, I just can't figure it out. It just doesn't make sense to me why we continue to have to talk about this. I, I We could get deep. We, we could go real deep. We've talked about this before on where they, they come from and their upbringings and how they get, um, how they get recruited um, at young ages and get taken away from their families because their families are coming from um, whether it's poor or drug abuse or, or single parent families and all that stuff. And I, I just don't see that as an excuse uh, the, 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 the mentorship that, that these professional teams have should not have these guys get into the situation. It, it, it it boggles my mind, and I hate talking about it because you know I want to watch sport, and all I care about is the sport itself and don't want to get into this stuff. But seriously, man, what the fuck? Yep, and you know what? It, it, you know I'm a, I'm a diehard Bill fan, and our listeners know that as well. But Ed Oliver, $6.8 million. I hope it gets flushed down the toilet on you, son, because it'll be a hard lesson learned for you um, from that perspective because – there's a good coaching staff there. There's a good mentorship there. And I just don't know what you're doing driving down the street with a beer in between your legs, with a gun in the passenger seat and high off some sort of narcotic time to figure it out. And you better figure it out real fast or you'll be the next Marcel Darius. That's right. So what happens with these guys, right? I mean, I know they, every, every sport has their protocol and indefinite suspensions, but it just goes back to that. Are we, are, are, are we, you know, and no oh, second chance, not second chance, but there has to be this. And I was thinking about it the other day. There, you know, it's it's an immediate one year suspension, no matter what, no questions asked. If you know, and I'm sure you, we're gonna have argues on both sides. Well, they got to be proven guilty for A, B, and C. Well, those ones are pretty freaking blatant. Yep. Okay, they're pretty blatant. Yeah, you, you're you're done. You're suspended. Um, whether it's released or not, that's an argument to be to be had because. Not, not that, believe me, not that somebody's going to drive around uh, with beers and a gun just so they can be released so that they can get landed on another team 
we talked about it with old boy last week about, you know, is it fair with, you know, being an Ovechkin or being yep. whoever it may be. The bottom line is these guys blatantly broke the rules. See you later, man. Sorry. You're done. You're done. I, I don't want to see you play again for a year. If it's your first offense and then figure your shit out. And then if you want to come back, whether the team brings you back or not, I don't know what the answer is, but you got to figure it out. And there, it has to be the same standard across the board for all the sports. They've got to figure out a way to, to make this uh, cohesive unit between the big, the four major sports. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, Dutchie, let's, let's switch this over here now. I'm, I'm, uh, I don't want to get myself too worked up here tonight and, Mm -hmm. and, and get fired up. So, I know you were pretty jacked going into the weekend and, and, you know, first off, I wanted to kind of switch it over to a, um, you know, on our side of the things. And uh, we opened up the golf courses here in Ontario this weekend and, and um, you know, how to go, how to, how'd you feel it went? And, you know, what were your thoughts on it? Well, I was pretty nervous to, across the board and, and I know we've got a lot of golf professionals that listen to our podcast as well. And uh, we, uh, we've all talked to a man and lady about it and, it was probably the hardest four days of my life uh, leading up to it. And, and, and I'm not going to knock, you know, the PGA of Canada and GCUA and, and, and all the associations, but I just wish that we would have been a little bit more prepared with the guidelines laid out. There was so many different things. you got, you got reputable, reputable guys, uh, including PGA tour guys like uh, Stanley. You've got, uh, Bob Weeks chirping out saying that we've got, oh, we're, you know, you got to go raise cups. And I, I just, the things that I heard was just, it was causing so much stress for no reason. And to our listeners, do you want to know when we found out what the guidelines were? Two hours after Ford announced that golf was opening. I'm sorry, but. It, it just didn't make sense. We could have had all these guidelines out a week before. We knew what we were doing, but there was questions. Are you going to allow car? Are we going to be allowed to have carts? Are we not going to be allowed to have carts? What's going to be the scenario? And and I was a little bit upset, and I know we were all talking about it. It was pretty stressful trying to figure out, you know, tea time intervals and all of the little things. All in all, the guidelines are there, and, and after the stress of uh, the golfer not thinking, oh, all they hear is, golf's open well before ford could say open our phones lit up like a christmas tree yeah phones emails everything right lit up like a christmas tree when can i book tea times and, and, and no idea and, and we're sitting there ready to hit send on here's our guidelines and and it was it was hard because it was stressful for us now flip it over you saw it how was the day the day was fantastic our people are well aware it's been it's been instilled in their head for nine weeks so you know people were wiping their own carts down people were respecting all the social distancing hey we even we even had uh, takeout food there was golf courses that were running beverage carts things were rolling and we're you know what we were we were doing all of our thing we're going to start with a beverage cart next week we think that it's safe we've got all of the right protocols in place and all in all, it, it was it was pretty cool. We put through a, a good number of golfers at our golf course, and some other places put, you know, two hundred. Yeah, yeah, man. So, listen, golf's back. Uh, it was back in the forefront uh, on Sunday too. What did you know? Did you watch it? I I, I was uh, I got I got chirped by some of my guys. Uh, I took a little mental health day on Sunday. <laughs> I should have took it on Monday because there was nobody there, but. Uh, it, just the way it fell for our schedule and that. So I ended up getting to watch the whole entire, uh, the whole entire golf podcast, what our broadcast, I should say, what, uh, what do you think? 
Yeah, and, and it was great. Um, I got to watch uh, a little bits and, and pieces of it. And um, when I got home there uh, after working in the morning, but um, yeah, shout out to all the golf professionals, yourself included, uh, for doing a heck of a job and, and being so flexible and malleable um, to get these golf courses turned over and, and done. I know it was stressful across the board on everybody. So so yeah. well done across to everybody. And, and you know, when, when something like that happens, it's things are going to get missed and delayed along the way, but um, that's the best part about the golf business and the industry is we're just so, um, you know, we're, uh, we're hard workers and we, we just make things work uh, across the board. So well done. In terms and, of the- was, and one more thing too, I was, I was, I was emotionally charged with, with the fact from on a personal note from just the efforts from the staff um, with, with such short notice, the efforts from the staff to just show up, Yep. on less than 24 hours notice ready to roll um excited to be there putting their health at risk as well um i was pretty emotional that uh, uh on friday night before we opened so it was uh it was nice to see yeah uh, listen it's our career this is uh what we're doing right now is uh it's just fun and it's a nice uh nice hobby and maybe one maybe one day we'll maybe one day Dutchie, yep. that stress. yeah that's right but you know what yeah absolutely it was uh it was pretty uh it was pretty special so in terms of the broadcast, um, and I, I think you're you're probably going to feel the same way on this one. So we won't, uh, you know, we won't have to be the devil's advocates on on our side. But are you not tired of Donald Trump? Why did why does Donald Trump need to be on a broadcast? What what are they thinking? Seriously, what what is what is NBC thinking? Uh, uh, sorry, am I wrong? ABC, ABC, yep, ABC, yep. Sorry, okay, ABC, not NBC. Sorry, what are they thinking? They got they got him on there for twenty minutes. And, 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 and we all know how he speaks, but he's thrown out China. He's thrown out where he, I wanted to watch the golf. And I know most of the people that were watching that event were, were golf people. And for the fact of the matter that it was one of the first times ever, no caddies, four guys walking with their bags. Yep. I wanted to hear them chat and, 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 and our, and your fellow ginger, uh, our buddy uh, uh, Savage Golf, he that was the comment that he said was I wanted to hear them chat and there you go you got Bill Murray jumping in you got Trump talking and saying all this uh, bunch of rhetoric crap that he always does and it's like they screwed that one up <laughs> you know they they did it could have been really cool just to be subtle but they're trying to get you know ratings from the average person while they missed the boat because I think that one was truly it was the golfer watching that. Yeah, would yeah. you say? Yeah, and I and I agree with that. And I want to actually put out a put out a thing there. I want uh, I want Dutchie to reach out to the Savage Golf Services. Let's let's get him on this podcast. Let's try to get him on here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I know I know Savage Golf. He's a, he's a smart guy, and and I'd love to hear his opinion not only on golf but a lot of these other sports topics. So so Dutchie, I'm I'm laying a little challenge out to you. Let's uh, let's get Savage Golf on this podcast and and have him aboard here. Uh, let's let's try to make that happen for our listeners. That sounds like a plan. Uh, anything else that you watched over the weekend? I know there's a bunch of stuff going on there. The Bundesliga are back. The Premier was starting up. Uh, NASCAR was firing off on races. Dana White is always leading the way with, with some of his cards. So it was a pretty exciting weekend overall. Um, anything catch your eye? Did you other than the golf? Did you did you get anything anything else? No, I well I watched I watched NASCAR. It's it's so boring uh, with it. I, I, you know I know it was. A month ago, I actually thought it was kind of cool, but I I did watch NASCAR. Uh, I did make a little wager. Uh, I got a I got a good uh, a good lead from my buddy uh, 
from my buddy that's the NASCAR guy. He gave me two uh, two cars, and I picked both of them, and I ended up hitting uh, Harvick one, so I ended up winning a couple shackles there, which is good. So that was uh, that was kind of good, but th- th- that was it. I had I had them going back and forth, and then I watched the golf. I just thought the golf was 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 boring. I, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't like the golf course. Uh, everybody's gonna you know, and I'm sure you're gonna rip me on this one, but it just did nothing for me. It's it, I know we were on the coast, but. <sighs> Okay, great, because it's such a, 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 a historic spot per se, seminal, and it's you know hasn't been shown on TV. And that I was I was disappointed. I mean, it, it warmed up with a little bit, but I don't know. Did did you like it? Yeah, I think you're way off here, Dutch. I think you're way off here. I think the ocean sand dunes, um, just the Donald Ross design, had a little bit of a Pine Valley feel. Um, yeah, you know you can't argue. You know we all know Florida's flat for those that have had the opportunity to go down and play a little bit of golf down in Florida, but. Um, the design features, the, the rolling fairways all the way through with the, the runoff areas around the greens. And um, it just had that, to me, it had a great feel of Pine Valley and Pinehurst together in one. Um, and when you're putting those two golf courses together in one, um, I think you got a winner there. And, yeah, but, and Okay, okay, hold on. But hear me out, though. At least, at least, at least Pine Valley from from the old, old days that we've ever seen it in any of the, you know, obviously you can find it on, on the websites. Same thing with, with Pinehurst. At least there's a demand there. I didn't see, and I know the green complex is okay. They were cool, but buddy, did you not see DJ? Like the guy was sitting at a country mile left and right, and and yet he just seemed to find some type of fairway. It just looked to me like they were hitting it in a field. The overhead views were cool, but but the actual golf course itself, I don't know. I'm sure. Okay, the greens are great. Maybe I'm spoiled because I've played. You know, Canada's got some of the best golf courses in the world, and and we've been fortunate enough to play them. And I played a bunch of courses across uh, the world, a bunch of top top courses at Atlanta Athletic Club, TPC Sawgrass. I've, I've been fortunate to play some of these places. I don't know. It didn't it didn't do anything for me? Sorry, sorry. And I know I'm probably off on that, but it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, and and that that's fair. Um, I guess my argument back to you is is, is you know. I know Ricky Fowler went off with seven or eight birdies. I, I don't think DJ did, and I'd seen him hit it in the water. So I, I think there was a, a little bit of demand. I just don't think in between Donald Trump and Bill Murray, I just don't think we got to, you know, have a true feel for um, what that golf course could provide. And, and somebody somebody out there, uh, you know, a Faraday or um, an Andy North or somebody like that to to provide a little bit more insight on, on some of these uh, demanding shots and what the golf course entails um, might've, might've had your point changed a little bit, but yeah, maybe, maybe. And I'll give you that too. The, the cameras, there wasn't, obviously it wasn't PGA. They didn't have 2000 volunteers slash workers and all the camera angles and that. So they didn't, but I just thought maybe they could have did a little bit more, even though, you know, through COVID they could have did it a little bit more and, and maybe had some crazy different views, like how cool it would have been for, for them to get down low and, and, and have some different angles on the putting green and, and different things. Maybe I would have dove in a little bit deeper, but besides the overhead views, all I could see was when they were teeing it up and they were doing fast. Listen, could you imagine the tour played that quick all the time? Well, the DJ, DJ didn't spend more than five seconds. He was like, tee the ball up, look, hit. Oh, and it was great to see. Like, you know, there was a couple holes there where Rory got the honor and, and Rory's literally over top of the ball and the camera angles from the back end, and you can see Dustin Johnson literally walk 30 yards in front of him on the left-hand side, still walking to the tee. Which Absolutely. Is, which is yeah. great. Yeah, it, just too bad they can't do that in the real deal, and I know they're playing for different stakes, and this was just a charity. 
um, all in all, it was a, it was a good production. Besides the the you know besides them bringing on the bonehead and 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 Bill Murray has nothing to do with golf. Okay, you play in the P, you play in the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Really, does anybody want to see you on? Well, with a crooked camera, just because it's it's you're trying to have a little bit of comedy relief. Come on, man. That, is, that was uh, that was that was terrible. That part. Yeah, let the golfer shine. I think that's what we want, and I think that's what we want, and I know that's what I want from the uh, the event this coming up weekend with with Peyton and Tom and and Tiger and Phil. I, I want them to those guys to shine in the banter and maybe a little bit of gambling and and just let that shine don't don't put any bells and whistles on it just let it be you know let the corvette run as they would say take it out of the garage and let it run and it'll do its part all i know is i got my bet and i can't wait to see it next sunday oh you Uh, better not be getting any of my scottish shekels i tell you that much (laughs) absolutely so i wanted to flip over into one last topic before we end off here real quick uh um Alfonso Davies, uh, the Bundesliga started up this weekend. Uh, great to see um, a Canadian representing on the soccer side. I just wanted to give a little shout out to him. I know I've had my arguments across the board on on the World Cup coming to uh, North America, Canada included, and um, exciting to see Alfonso Davies come back and and get um, an athlete and a superstar like that uh, back out on the pitch and and playing again. So shout out to Alfonso Davies in the Bundesliga, and uh, well done on his end. Right on, man. I love it. Good way to end it. Can't wait for sports. Slowly each week, we're getting closer and closer to uh, some reality around here. Yeah, and it'll be exciting for our listeners. I know we talked about it today. Um, you know, all these uh, few states, New York, Arizona, California, starting to say, you know, end of May, early June, professional sports can start to venture back, obviously, with no fans. So first and foremost, let's hope the, uh, you know, the workers of these organizations and the uh, – the superstars within these organizations and players alike are healthy and safe and we can get this thing back and rolling in a healthy and safe manner. Um, so everybody can prosper across the board. Well said, I got 20 bucks this week. We're tipping it up. Hopefully Thursday, Friday, you, me start our season match off match playoff. You know, you're going down week one. Well, you better be giving me shots because you know I've I've got a my my uh, some sort of injury. I don't know what yet, but there'll be something coming. <laughs> that sounds like a true Scotsman. I already making already making blame before we even tip it up. Awesome. Well, Dutchy, thank you so much for letting me vent tonight. I was fired up tonight, so thank you for being my ear on that side. Um, to all our listeners out there, remember Ginger and Dutch one across the board on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't be afraid to reach out. I know uh, a couple of our Twitter uh, handles. We're looking at uh, trying to get Dutch and I to explain how we became NFL fans. That will come down the road, folks. So just hang tight, and uh, we'll get that fired up and ready to go. Any closing comments for us, Dutch, to end this off? Another great episode. Can't wait for next week. It's a nice relief. For Ginger and Dutch, casting off for our podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm Dutch.